Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. We have reached the business end of the 2022 BNP Paribas Open in Southern California, and only the biggest stars remain to play for the highest stakes on day 10 in Tennis Paradise. The past and present of tennis is about to have a head-on collision with the future. We'll hear from both sides ahead of Saturday's Nadal Alcaraz Showdown. Plus, it's semifinal Friday for the women. We'll get you ready for both of tonight's matches. And with Serena busy during award show season, John Wertheim wonders when she'll return to the tennis court to chase more history in today's edition of Unstrung. All those stories and much, much more on this desert edition of Tennis Channel Live. It's another day in tennis paradise. Welcome to TC Live at the BNP Paribas Open. This is our one-hour pregame show to get you ready for first ball every morning here in Indian Wells. The desert brings a sense of infinite space, but the draw continues to shrink. The women's field will be down to two players after today, and the men complete the final four. Grigor Dimitrov and Taylor Fritz both looking to repeat their efforts from last fall and get back to the semifinals. Plus, ladies' night on Stadium One. Former champ Simona Halep tries to snap Iga Sviantek's nine-match winning streak. And the defending champion Paula Bedosa has never lost in the desert. Maria Sakari hasn't dropped a set. Get your popcorn ready. It's going to be fun. How about Andre Rublev? First up on Stadium One, he has won 12 straight matches since Valentine's Day. Back-to-back titles in his fifth Masters quarterfinal of the year. Lots of love for Andre Rublev taking on Grigor Dimitrov later today. We got love for you as we bring you inside Stadium One. Steve Weissman back alongside my friends, former world number six Chanda Rubin. Coach to the stars, Paul Anacone. You can't see under the desk, but Paul's got shorts on right now. It's because, Paul, the reason I'm blowing up your spot, he's got a race out courtside for the first match of the day. You were courtside for Nadal Kyrgios yesterday. What was that view like? Oh, that was a great day, crazy day. Every day's been amazing here, right? That one was real special. Rafa pulled it out, but uh, I feel like every day is a gift here, right? We get different things going on each day. You know what our gift is today? What's that? Well, our girl Jess, she brought in some donuts. <laughs> she brought in donuts for the team. Is that really Did a you have one? Popcorn. Yeah. But this Whoa, is a donut for Chanda. Oh, a glazed variety. That is. Mm. That That's the good news. You guys that... know what the bad news is? Mm. We ran out. Here you go, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> An apple a day. That's good. Oh my good. Gosh. You, well, it goes into the workout regimen. That's right. This is not right, Paul. I, I want to lick you, that donut I, I right had, now. I had two already. That's why Steve <laughs> doesn't get one. I had two. But you said you wanted popcorn anyway. I'm going to I'm gonna put that over over here. Take a bite out of that. Come, I'm no, telling you. Steve. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Absolutely Jess. Absolutely not. <laughs> that looks so good. It does, and don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get straight to the highlights from yesterday. Uh Nick Kyrgios, he thought he thought he was going to be the one, Paul, the one to end Rafa's perfect start to the season. The Spaniard had other ideas, but this one lived up to all the hype. Well, Kyrgios served for the first set and had a hiccup and got broken and not a warning because he smashed his racket, then got down 6-0, threw out an expletive after being 6-0 down in the tiebreak, loses the first set. Rafa clawing and fighting, not playing very good tennis for Rafa's standards. You figure Rafa's going to light it up in the second. He didn't. Bunch of unforced errors. Really couldn't get his rhythm. Kyrgios regrouped, hit the reset button, and right here on set point, just a spectacular job for Kyrgios to hang in there. And Rafa just did not do a ton right after he got that lead. I wondered what would happen next. Well, guess what, gang? What happened next is what always happens. Rafa hits the what should I do now button, gets up on the baseline, saves a couple break points serving early in the third set, starts returning serve close to the base. Baseline. I asked him about it, and he said, you know what? I had to try to problem solve. I got to figure out how to do something different. 
to take advantage of Nick. Other than Nick's temperament, I wanted to be the reason why he lost this match, and that's exactly what Rapa did. Broke serve, got up on the baseline. Nick was pretty volatile throughout the match, but he knew how close he was to winning this. But that man is absolutely spectacular. He's 19-0 and back in the semifinals here for the 11th time. Yeah, it was a good tennis match, I think. I'm happy to win, of course, uh, being semifinals. So it's a great news for me again. Yeah, mm, happy about that third set because it wasn't easy after that, the end of the second, and it was terrible for me. But I, I hold it emotionally and... Um, Mentally, I think I was ready to keep fighting. So, yeah, um, obviously, extremely. That one hit pretty hard. Um, you know, I felt like honestly, I was the one to end the streak. I felt like I was playing well. I felt like I did everything right in the first set that I planned to do. You know, I sat down with my coach, myself, and you know, I had a game plan, and everything was working. Two points away from the first set, he, I don't know how he got out of that game. 5-4-30-15, just kept replaying that point over and 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 over again. I actually took the over on how many times he was going to say over there. So, listen, it was a tough match there. Nick put his heart, put his soul on the line. It didn't end his way, but Chanda, what stood out to you? Uh, he wanted this match, Nick Kyrgios, and you know we haven't seen that as much over the last few years, combination of reasons. And when you have Nick Kyrgios putting everything into his play, it's, it's a wonderful thing to see. He was hitting huge. Kyrgios was in, incredible from the ground. The serving was big, and it was a different kind of serving than Rafa had, placed in, had faced in his previous match. And I think there's a lot of upside from that match that Kyrgios can take if he continues along this pathway. I mean, for me, that's the takeaway. Is he going to, mm. this year, kind of build on the fantastic tennis he's played uh, this tournament? Yeah, look, it's been so much fun to watch Rafa problem solve and find different ways to get through matches. Hasn't played spectacular here, but in this match, some of the stats we have to show you guys are, are really an indication of what's going on. Rafa's serving bigger, okay? He's going for more. He had 12 aces. I'm sorry, he had 10 aces yesterday to seven double faults, but he was trying to get some more free points. That's what happened. But look at the unforced errors to winner's ratio. That's atypical for Rafa Nadal, but it has been a tournament where he has has had so many different styles to play against, guys. I feel like he hasn't really gotten his rhythm yet. Mm. But for Rafa, the reason that that doesn't matter so much is what he does under adversity, right? He finds ways 5-2 down against Seb Korda, down a break in the second against Riley Opelka. Yesterday couldn't really play the kind of play tennis he wanted to play, a little too passive, and then in the third set gets up on the baseline, gets aggressive. I mean, his mind is like a computer. He tries to figure everything out. He's one of the best, if not the best players to ever play that can see through emotion on the tennis court and make good decisions. Tough to do. Hasn't found his rhythm and yet still rolling on to the semifinals. Pretty impressive for Nick Kyrgios. Back right outside the top 100. He'll take a wild card in Miami. We'll see if that ranking keeps going up. Nadal going to face the winner of Carlos Alcaraz and defending champ Cam Nori. Super clean match on both sides, Paul. And there is something, though, about that team spirit. Look at the reflexes, guys. This was a highlight reel. It was amazing. Had my PA right coast, a little popcorn, a little salad. These guys hit winner after winner. Cam Nori, four, mat, uh, four breaks in this match. You think that's enough for him because he's so sound. It wasn't. This teenager had shot after shot like that that was on the highlight reel. Best twitch fiber. Just amazing tennis. Nori lost serve three times at first set after being up a break. And I'll tell you what, it is just the beginning for all of us tennis fans watching Carlos Alcaraz. This kid is the real deal, and I am still a huge fan of Cam Nori. Knows exactly what to do in big moments, knows what his strengths are, knows how to win points. He just got outplayed. And now this young man, I believe Steve, gets to play his hero. He certainly does. The defending champ is out, and Alcaraz talks about playing the doll next. Well, it's amazing to play against Rafa. Uh, I mean, it's my idol uh, since I, I'm a kid, so uh, it's never easy to uh, to play against him. But the, 
I think it's going to be a, a great match. I think it's a great experience for me meet him uh, in a in a Master 1000 semi-final here in England Wales. But uh, yeah, I'm going to have fun out there and uh, enjoy every second every single second. Well, for the first time in tournament history, a pair of Spaniards make the semifinals on the men's side. And check this out. Nadal and Alcaraz, a combined 31-1 and this year. The titles, the wins, the top 10 victories. These two have set themselves apart from the rest of the ATP Tour. The reign in Spain, Chanda. How do you see this one going down? I mean, when you look at the type of tennis that Carlos Alcaraz is playing and, and you go through that comparison, the confidence that he's gained in, you know, getting these big wins, making breakthroughs last year, continuing along those lines this year, I have to give Alcaraz maybe that slight advantage just in terms of how he's playing. But he's modeled sort of his whole demeanor around Rafa Nadal. You can see it. He's a different kind of game. But in terms of the intensity that he brings, every single point, he goes after his shots. But he's got the ability to transition, Alcaraz does. And that's, I think, a part of the dynamic nature of his game. He's not just a baseliner. And that is going to rush Nadal a little bit more, even on these slower in these slower conditions. And I think... The question, and, and Paul, we were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier. The question is, you know, can he seize that moment? I mean, Nadal is so good when he's under pressure, when he has to come from behind. So that's always an intangible. Yeah, the biggest thing is, can Alcaraz get over the hero moment? That's a really difficult thing. He's playing better tennis than Rafa is right now. Rafa is arguably the greatest player ever. Uh, maybe the greatest problem solver ever. But if he's real passive against Alcaraz, that's going to be rough unless Alcaraz can't get past the hero part. Alcaraz takes the court position away. And, and our good friend Jim Courier told us yesterday, this guy's breaking serve more than Rafa is. Mm. And Rafa is the best in the business to do that. So tells you how well Carlos Alcaraz is playing. It's going to be, but, but, you know, there's a lot of important stats. And, and we just got to look at some of the things that really are going to be relevant. I think our guys have found, here's the real relevant stuff. Steve, look I at the knew third it. number down. <laughs> He's got bigger biceps. I, I see. I was going to, I was going to respectfully disagree with that. But once again, uh, Mark Husk and team have proven me wrong for the 85th time this week. So. <laughs> You win that one again, Steve. My question <laughs> is, how did we get this information? We're, we're, Who we're actually speculating. went and measured the... <laughs> we, we saw the cover of Men's Health, and we, t we took a ruler around do that. Do we have Hawkeye involved in this? Just let me know. <laughs> no Hawkeye. Okay. You know, just There's no electronic, tennis no electronic bicep system involved? Or can you argue it? Is it? How many reviews do you get? What's going on? I, I would I, like to see them on this desk arm wrestle. Just forget the tennis. Just get I'm them looking out. forward to the tennis. That's what I'm going to be watching. Yeah, yeah, no fighting at the desk, Steve. You said no yesterday when Sugar Ray... This, this, wanted this, to give you a little jab. You said no. Yesterday. So no, no arm wrestling, no battling. Out. What a day, Chandler, though, huh? Ruben. <laughs> see that later. Uh, we are going to see Ray Leonard, though, coming up in this highlight as Maria Sakri took on Elena Rybakina. Breach said she was a little nervous at the start, Chanda. Playing on Stadium One for the first time with that guy watching. Oh, uh, yeah, that makes anybody a little bit more nervous. But Sakri got down 4-1 in this first set, but just held her nerve, didn't panic, and battled back to take the first. Yeah, and Brett and Lindsay called this match. Had a question for the champ. Hey, Ray, it's Brett and Lindsay. Are you really 65? There's no <laughs> way you're 65. Phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the guns. If, if Alcaraz 19.3, I mean, that's got to be like 20.5, that right? That's huge. That is, you could go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, certainly, with that bicep. But Maria Sakri didn't make it a bicep contest, but she did continue to battle on the court and was just so impressive the way she kept the focus. She's been an aggressive baseliner, playing beautifully in the midcourt. Went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Rabakina and so often came through these rallies. Just a lot cleaner, more consistent from the ground. Got the break in the second and just never let up. And that's been a real staple of the Sakri game, her ability to compete, to fight point in and point out. And she kind of smothered Rabakina in the end with just superior consistency. Gets through a tough two-set battle. First career win against Rabakina. Sakri's now won her last nine quarterfinals in a row, but will try to snap an 0-4 run in WTA 1000 semifinals. Was able to break three times, and you see the serve, something she has been working on 
Maria Sakri coming through in just under an hour and four minutes into the final four here in the desert. Defending champ Paula Bedosa going for her first win over Veronica Kudermatova. She led from start to finish, Chanda. Yeah, this was a match that was always going to be a heavy baseline battle with two of the, the cleaner ball strikers out there. But Bedosa, so confident, got the advantage early with the break. Kudermatova trying to change it up. She tried to come in. She tried to play in different areas of the court. But Bedosa just had all the answers. And a few too many misses from Kudermatova. Bedosa so solid from the ground. She's got a whole nother level of belief in her game. And that really came through at the end of the first set. She took that into the second. And it was just impressive the way Bedosa did not let Kudermatova get into this match. She served big. She was aggressive on second serve returns. And you are winning your service game so easily. Five aces over the course of the match. It just helps you relax even more in those big moments. And Bedosa able to make this a very clean victory. Now a perfect 10-0 in the desert. Broke Kudermatova five times. Two wins from joining Martina Navratilova as the only players to defend their title here. Paula Bedosa joined us in studio after. Today, um, very aggressive, uh, serving well, um, not giving her so many chances because I know she's very aggressive. And then uh, when she was um, hitting the ball hard, I was trying to put one ball more in. So, uh, yeah, I think I played very good match. Says she wants to be known as a fighter, Paul. She said Rafa inspires her. You combine that with the power hitting, that is a dangerous combination. No, it's really incredible. It's fun to watch when she plays that level of tennis. And, and Chanda, you mentioned it got up to a good start and just stretched it out. You know, she started playing better and better and, and more free. And, and she said one thing which was really interesting when the ball came back hard. She tried to make one extra ball. It's very simplistic, but for a power player, that's kind of a difficult mindset to juggle. So she has all the tools. And what did she bring yesterday, Steve? A bad dose of tennis. <laughs> Come on, Steve. I'm feeding you all this stuff. I mean, where he's does not it end? Up, right? he's I mean, he's a step here. slow today, Chan. A little bit. My bad. <laughs> I, 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 got, I got you later in the show, Paul. <laughs> okay, good. Awesome. <laughs> if, if only I had awesome. shorts on, you know. Awesome. It's, a little, it's, it's a little nice. hot here with the pants. Nice. <laughs> uh, tonight, it, it's all about the ladies. Halep, Sviantek, Bedosa, Sakari. Uh, Bedosa beat Sakari. WTA Finals last year, the only previous match they have played. Chanda, looking forward to it. Coming up on the show, still a lot to get to. A doubles report on the way. American team announced for the Billie Jean King Cup. We will tell you who made the squad. And we are going head-to-head, -head, Tennis Express style, for Simona Halep and Iga Sviantek. But first, while Serena is walking the red carpet for King Richard, John Wertheim explores what life is like at 40 for the ultimate tennis queen. TC Live is brought to you in part by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and new customers can bet $1 and win $100 if any point is won. Not in a sportsbook state? Download any of the apps and play for thousands every day in DraftKings free-to-play pools. Use code POINT when you sign up. And by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. And Flonase Allergy Relief. Spraying Flonase daily stops your body from overreacting to allergens all season long. Chanda Paul, Steve, back on TC Live. We have multi-network coverage of Indian Wells beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern. Jan Michael Gamble hosts a night of ATP double semifinals on T2 for our Samsung TV owners. Reminder to go to Tennis.com to get all the information you'll need to follow the BNP Paribas Open from Indian Wells. Right now, Stephanie Libide on how Iga Sviantek is finding inspiration from Ash Barty. And Steve Tigner has your three to see on day 10 in the desert. Now time for the Bloomberg Business Report. This is a special Bloomberg update for Tennis Channel. One top story that we're following today, GameStop earnings. Now, of course, GameStop is one of those so-called meme stocks, up 725% in 2021 alone. That, of course, was when retail traders stuck at home, traded some stocks. That phenomenon has passed, so now it makes more sense to take a closer look at earnings. Relative to GameStop's fourth quarter earnings report, they did meet 
sales estimates, but they unexpectedly put a profit loss, this as expenses surged. They provided an update on their NFT plans, and they will be opening a store at the end of April. At least one Wall Street analyst, however, does not think that will help the company all that much. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Now, more recently, GameStop and other meme stocks have struggled against the S&P 500. And traditionally, GameStop on earnings days tends to fall. We don't know whether that will happen this time on a relatively mixed fourth quarter from GameStop. In New York, Abigail Doolittle, Bloomberg News. All right, thanks so much. Can I kick it? Grigor can. Dimitrov into his second Indian Wells quarterfinal. 15th at a Masters 1000. Looking to score his way into the semifinals. That's coming up top of the hour. Back on TC Live, Serena Williams is used to winning more than anyone else. So it makes sense that a movie about her childhood continues claiming big-time awards from the Golden Globes to Critics' Choice for Best Actor. As for arguably the best athlete of our lifetime, John Wertheim explores what's next. Serena Williams turned 40 last September, and let's start here. She has achieved more by the four-decade mark than any 10 people will accomplish in 10 lifetimes. Serena didn't so much break barriers as she destroyed them, much as she does tennis balls. She authored the most improbable story, never mind sports story, you could ever hope to cook up. She became a wife and a mother and someone both inspirational and aspirational to countless fans worldwide. First breaking through with the 1999 U.S. Open, when most phones had cords and Bill Clinton was president. She won 23 major titles in all, and that's just singles. Teaming with her older sister, she won 14 major doubles titles as well. To go with Olympic gold medals, the 855 match wins, the 50 other titles not won at majors. We can keep going here. For all those successes, it's been tough going of late. Last year, Serena was an Australian Open semifinalist, losing to Naomi Osaka. Disappointing, but really, no shame in that. As she left the court, it was hard not to notice this extended, drink-it-up look and wave. Since then, she's played only eight matches, and none since Wimbledon, where her body betrayed her. What will be this, her, get this, 25th year on tour, what will it bring? The goal is no secret. It's the elusive 24th major, tying her with Margaret Court for the all-time record. Is it realistic? This January marks five full years since number 23. And common sense would suggest the older she gets, the more the odds go down. And yet, is it any more unlikely than what happened at the U.S. Open? That is, if a teenage qualifier ranked outside the top 100 at the start of the tournament can string together seven main draw wins, can't the most accomplished player of the last half century do the same? So Serena plays on into her fourth decade. Tell her 20-year-old self or even 30-year-old self that she, joining her sister, would still be an active player in 2022, and she likely would have laughed at the million laugh. We all would have. No one saw this longevity coming. And then again, since when has any part of this remarkable story ever been even a little bit predictable? Well, it was five years ago that Serena Williams raised the trophy in Melbourne, her 23rd major singles title, seventh at the Australian Open. At the time, we did not know she was pregnant with baby Olympia, and the question remains, will Serena produce another Grand Slam title? Answers 
Shanda, Paul, what, what do we think? When do we, when do we think we will see Serena next, and do we think she wins another major? I mean, that's hard to say. When you consider all of, of what kind of we see her doing, I mean, she's getting very immersed in the business side, the social media side, seeing her on a lot of commercials. The injury she had at, at Wimbledon, that hamstring, that is a tough injury, especially as you get older, um, you know, to try to recover from. And she has struggled with that initially, beginning of the year, just wasn't quite ready. It's hard to say if physically she feels pretty close to 100%. And even if she does, mentally and emotionally, is she really really uh, ready to kind of put the time, the work, and that dedication that is required when she's got so many other, um, you know, things where she can make an impact and where she is making an impact. So that would be my question is, you know, from the mental and emotional side, does she really want to get back in that grind at this stage? Yeah, that's a tough question after everything she's achieved, right? How how long do you want to keep doing this? And you know, motherhood and, and all the other business stuff. We know the next time we're going to see her is a week from Sunday at the Oscars. Yes. Okay? It's not going to be on a tennis court. We're going to see her there. Um, but it's been such a great journey for all of us that we've been able to have the good graces enough to to watch, right? We've seen so many amazing things happen. You know, I, I kind of gave up on guessing what great and elite athletes can do because I've seen too many things that don't make sense because um, they are the exception. They're not the rule. And there's no doubt in my mind if Serena really wanted to put herself in a position to win another major, she will do that. And and, um, she's got the skill set and she's been able to do so many things that we shake our head at. It was only 13 months ago she was in the semifinals of a major, so it hasn't been eight years or 10 years. So really it's about what Chanda said. What do you want to do? What's your priority and what do you want to do at this stage in your life? And she's earned to make that, she's earned the right to make that decision. She's already changed our sport. She is changing the world currently. Nike just pledged a million dollars to a female-focused think tank endorsed by Serena Williams and uh, whatever she chooses to do. Can't wait to see her next. I know she's going to look great at the Oscars. Go King Richard. Get some of those uh, some of those big trophies right there. When we come back, oh my God, Murphy Jensen. How long were you in there, Steve? Oh, I mean, it was like I an hour even, at I least. Even, Amy didn't even have time for me today. <laughs> I mean, this is a story you must see. <laughs> Welcome back to TC Live. The women's field will be down to the two players that will play for a final after today. The men will complete the final four. Grigor Dimitrov, Taylor Fritz both look to repeat their efforts from last fall, reach the semifinals, and it is ladies' night on Stadium One. Former champ Simona Halep facing Iga Sviantek and defending champ Paula Bedosa takes on Maria Sakri. Well, the Jensen brothers have brought a rock star vibe to the tennis court for decades. Winning Roland Garros in 1993 made them legends on court, and their fun, positive personalities made them forever ambassadors of our sport. They made the semifinals here at Indian Wells and continue to inspire the next generation. Look at that. The old mic flag for Tennis Channel. We are so happy to welcome in Murphy Jensen to TC Live. Murph, uh, it is always a pleasure to see you. It is even more of a blessing to see you here right now with us. Uh, It's been a complicated last six months for you. Uh, For those who don't know, tell us what happened. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, four and a half months ago, uh, you know, I have to start right there. October 29th, the day before my 53rd birthday. Great to see you, Paul. Good to see you, Mark. Great to see anybody today about (laughs) what I'm about to share uh, I was playing in a tennis exhibition alongside my brother. He became, became the director of tennis at the Garden of the Gods Resort in Colorado Springs. I'd flown in the day before. There were balloons in the room. The next morning, take uh, four-year-old Duke to the zoo, swam in the pool. Abigail Spears joined us, who lives now in Colorado Springs. They introduced the Jensen brothers. Luke's playing in front of the members and the guests of the, the resort. And and at this moment in time, I'm in the best physical shape I've been in in a long time. 
maybe ever. And uh, my brother says, you know, I wish you had trained this hard when we were playing <laughs> for money. Uh, but, you know, I just have taken uh, my health and wellness, you know, real serious um, as a direct result of everything in my life, having a four-year-old and, and, uh, and a wife and a great future ahead of me and bouncing the ball, ball to serve the first point. And uh, I look over at my brother and I smile because I, I'm, I'm going to crush him. <laughs> and, uh, and the lights went off and I go down. And what I'm sharing with you, I actually have no memory. And this is what my brother and my four-year-old and my wife witnessed and a crowd of a couple hundred people. And I fall back on my head, and I, I suffered a uh, sudden cardiac arrest. And in that moment, uh, my heart stopped beating for 17, 18 minutes. And I had a few skull fractures. And luckily, by the grace of God, there was uh, off-duty medical professionals there, uh, an ex-fire chief. And my brother had been told where the AED was the day before, being the new director. <clears throat> Within two minutes, they're doing compressions. They broke my ribs and sternum. They shocked me four times on the court. It took 16, 17 minutes for the ambulance to get there. They lost me four times on the court. Um, they throw me in an ambulance, rush me to the emergency room. My brother and wife were not allowed to follow, go in the ambulance. They followed the ambulance. So they lose me two t more times in the ambulance. They found a pulse in my ankle, I think. And uh, among, uh, once getting into the emergency room, they induced me into a coma. They're most worried at this point. They got a pulse in my ankle, and they stabilized me. I was in a coma for six days. Uh, I came out of this coma. They had to get me out because they, they had to know what was, you know, we got his heart beating, but where do we sit? Is he paralyzed? Is he uh, cognitively, will he be able to speak or think again? And um, slowly, uh, I was being told these things. And I was having actually flashes. And, and you know, people ask me, did you see God? <laughs> did you see the other side? Now, I may have gotten to the other side, but they didn't want me. They said, not yet, Murph. <laughs> not yet, um, And this is heavy, but I want to say that uh, love preva prevailed in this situation. Um, my wife and my brother... And the doctors, when explaining to me day after day, day, day seven, eight, nine, what had happened, and I was seeing everything from, actually, Ken Flack came to me just post-coma in a, in a dream or something. I can't really. And I was on a court, and I, Ken Flack went down the way I went down. And how do I, how does that come to mind, right? And... We go to my first thoughts of what actually occurred where I understood somewhat. My wife and my brother knew everything was going to be okay. And maybe Ken Solomon did too when he heard the news that I said, this will make a great chapter in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Murphy's back. He's fine. <laughs> um, but uh, honestly, the love and support I got... Um, I, I, two weeks ago, saw a video of me in the coma, and Gavin Rossdale sang some of my favorite songs to me. He sang at our wedding here in Palm Springs. And, and a few weeks ago, he was, you know, you turned me into a, from a rock star to a wedding singer, and now a coma singer. Um, <laughs> and Andre Agassi, Billie Jean, Chrissy, um, this Tennis Channel family, Shonda, uh, Ken, you name it, thousands of texts, and Andy Roddick. The love and support I got, um, I'll never be able to repay uh, the, the gift. I woke up today, and, and, and the thoughts that went through my mind were, today and every day going forward, I, I thank God I'm alive, you know? And I, and I was mentioning to your, your team on the way in here today that uh, I'll look back and know for sure that this was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I've been never more sure of what's important. It's seeing the love of Steve, who reached out to me a lot, and we shed tears, and I cried for you, with you. And um, thank you, Tennis, and thank you, Tennis Channel, and thank you, Paul. Well, Murphy, listen, you are a huge part of the Tennis family, um, 
and it is not shocking at all that everyone reached out to you. You know, you talk about changes in life, and we've lost some good friends lately. Ken Flack, you mentioned one of my best friends, Mike DePalmer Jr., last year. You know, you forget how precious life is, and I think that you're a great ambassador to turn heart-wrenching into heartwarming, you know, and that's what you've done. So thank you for that. That's the first statement. Now, the first question I want to ask you is, you've been around a while, like me. <laughs> yeah. I want to know what you think. A little different topic, but this is why we're here, too. Yeah. Tell me what you think about Rafa Nadal, 35 years of age, doing what he's doing. Please shed some light on this topic for me. Rafa, I watched him last night with Nick, and I watched that final with Medvedev. Uh, and last night, I was sitting alongside Charlie Passarell. And Charlie mentioned to me, that may have been the greatest comeback in that Aussie final. And being a lefty, that's actually a righty that plays lefty. I, you know, I'm the bald Rafa uh, <laughs> with the way less talent, way less better footwork, um, way less better footwork. That goes back to a match we played, Paul. Um, I said to Paul once when we played a match with you playing with Christo, and I said, your backhand stinks. And you said, your footwork stinks. It's even worse. Um, but Rafa's stuff goes way beyond. He changed the rules of engagement of tennis. Andre Agassi has been quoted as saying, the, the greats of their time do something and bring something to the game no one has ever seen before. The reason Nori's 15, 20 feet behind the baseline is because Rafa. The reason people are, you got to do everything right in today's game. He's got a love for the game that's beyond measure of getting better. I, I don't even think he knows what the score is half the time. But he has uh, that ritual and that work ethic has been his born with it for sure. And that outlook and that perception is very rare for young guys. And he had it real young. You guys show when Rafa was 14 years old, he, I'm just here to get better. <laughs> and you did it, buddy. <laughs> He's beyond better. Uh, the outlook he has on the court, obviously an inspiration, but... For you, uh, truly an inspiration your entire life. It, it, it is a blessing to have you here. We love you, Murphy. And uh, to see you in person right now, it, it's just a special thing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, it's an honor and a privilege anytime to uh, join this family. And I love you guys a lot and the tennis world. Uh, I really believe I wouldn't be here without it. Murphy Jensen joining us today on TC Live as we lead up. To the top of the hour and the men's quarterfinals here in the desert, Andre Rublev and Grigor Dimitrov. Back after this. Anna Cohn, Ruben Weissman back with you on TC Live, taking a look at what we have on top. Championship weekend, TC Live back to 1 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. That leads up to the women's doubles final, men's semifinals at 4 Eastern, the men's doubles championship at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Encore coverage to follow that. We've got all the championships. And yesterday, we had the champ. Tell us about what brought you out to the desert and, and what you've seen so far. Nadal. I I am such a tennis uh, participant. Participant. I say participant because fundamentally I'm not that great. But I my athletic abilities allow me to... You know, hit short shots and great shots and things of that nature. You know what I'm talking about, well, right? Well, I, not specifically. Your, your speed and stuff. I mean, I think you, you got all that athletic ability for sure. Would you rather hit Hector Macho Camacho or, or, or a tennis ball? I'd rather hit Camacho. <laughs> well, there we are right there. <laughs> that was fun. That was. He, he knows his was, tennis. He does. And just nice to see him up here just enjoying. Had been This is his first time he's been to Indian Wells. He said, I'm definitely coming back. And got a chance to see Nadal right after the interview. Yeah, and he took a photo. It was uh, Ben Stiller, him, and, and Nadal after yeah. that match. I and mean, we had all the heavy hitters in here. Three champs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it is time now for our DraftKings match preview. What are we breaking down? It's going to be Taylor Fritz and Misha Ketsmanovich. In this breakdown, Fritz, the first American man to reach back-to-back -back quarterfinals here since Andy Roddick, hoping to be the first to win it all since Andre Agassi. He is the favorite to win the match right now. Chanda, what do you make of these odds? Okay, tell, explain them to me again, All right, so, so <laughs> you have to bet 165 to make 100. 
Ketsmanovich, the underdog. You bet a hundred on him. If he wins, you win one thirty-five. Okay. You got to wager more on Taylor if you want him to win. Okay, I think that's fair. I mean, Taylor Fritz, he has become so clutch, especially in big moments. You know, I look at the record in terms of final set tie breaks here. He's 4-0, and won a couple of them this tournament uh, to get through. So I think, you know, it's a pretty good bet to put your money on. Okay. Uh, th- that's what Paul's doing because if Taylor wins, he gets more money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as, as the coach, I know you can't give us the full – what's the non-secret game plan against Ketsmanovich coming off the biggest win of his life against Berrettini? Well, the non-secret is this guy's playing good tennis. So that's yeah. a non-secret. He got to the fourth round of the U.S. Open. These guys have had two battles, Taylor Reed and once in a challenger and, and once in Atlanta, and, and there was not much between it. So two very good ball strikers, uh, two people that have the ability to get control of rallies in the first strike. Today it's really going to be about what happens at the big moments. And, Shandy, you said it. Taylor's been very clutch in big moments right now. He he actually really does like big moments. Um, I like his confidence level. And being at home for him, he loves to be here. So he has a good shot today. Right. Taylor Fritz, a part of our DraftKings Daily Special Parlay. you got to pick both winners to win overall. And right now it is Andre Rublev and Taylor Fritz to cover. And you basically double your money, 100 bucks to get you $208. Fritz giving two and a half games to Ketsmanovic. Rublev giving three and a half to Dimitrov. And I don't know about that one. I think Fritz, yeah, he covers. But I'm not sure that Rublev covers against Grigor. Do not count out Grigor Dimitrov and his athleticism. He he can do a lot of things to a lot of different styles of play. Uh, Rublev is a tremendous ball striker, but remember how well Grigor played here last year. Loves playing in the desert. A great mover can play north, south, and east, west. So that's going to be a fun match to watch. And uh, you know, uh, I'm not betting against Grigor. Yeah, I think it, for with Dimitrov, he has that ability to change the pace, to add a little bit of spin, uh, to control the tempo a little bit more. With Rublev, that is essential because he's looking to hit big and really hit opponents off the court at times. So I definitely think Rublev has the advantage in terms of how he's been playing and you know where his game is and his skill set. But Dimitrov, he's so impressive when he has just a little more time as he does in these conditions, and he has been playing some good tennis. So he has a real good shot in this one he told us the other day something about that southern california desert air just brings the best out of grigor dimitrov a reminder download the DraftKings sportsbook app now new customers can bet one dollar and win a hundred dollars if any point is won if you're not in a sportsbook state download any of the apps play for thousands every day in DraftKings free to play pools use that code point when you sign up paul is getting ready to make a mad dash Courtside for this one, Andre Rublev and Grigor Dimitrov. Can't wait. We're looking to fill out the semifinals today at Indian Wells. Uh, welcome back. Time to double down with our doubles report. Rajiv Ram, Joe Salisbury continuing their quest for a second ATP Masters 1000 title as a team. Take it on Wesley Kulhoff and Neil Skupski, Paul. And Rajiv Ram with the yellow top cap and overhead winner. And they played the better tiebreak to get through this first set. No breaks of serve. And uh, a really nice job for Ram and Salisbury. Dare I say, very well done, Salisbury, uh, in that first <laughs> set. And there was only one break in the second set. And Ram and Salisbury did a terrific job controlling their service games and look what happens on match point ouch that is a tough one but a nice win for ram and salisbury 2020 australian open champs next going to play santiago gonzalez and edward roger vaseline they get past karatsev and rublev the semifinals today on t2 going to be Jan Michael Gamble on the call. Isner Sock there at the top. Looking forward to these matchups. Meantime, we've got a house divided on the women's side. USC against UCLA. Asia Muhammad and Ashibahara taking on Gabby Dabrowski and Juliana Olmos. Chanda. Yeah, this was a battle in the first set. Dabrowski almost with a set point and Asia Muhammad so active at the net, helping her team clinch that first set, but Dabrowski and almost fought back, and we saw some reflexes at the net, some incredible volleying from all four women, and we had some amazing tennis in important moments. 
went to a match tiebreak, and it was Muhammad and Shibahara who got off to a quick start. They were just more aggressive, especially in important moments, important points down the stretch. They returned, attacking tennis over and over, and were able to get through a big match into a big final. Paul, 27 straight wins for Asia Muhammad. That is awesome. Look, you win at every level and any level that much. That is just incredible. Yeah, going for the title. Big payday if you win the doubles championship here in the desert. So we are looking forward to that title matchup coming up this weekend. We'll have it for you on Tennis Channel. As we enter the social net, and how about this? Wimbledon is considering a ban of Russian and Belarusian players for their event if they don't publicly disavow Vladimir Putin. Uh, Jim Courier, if you didn't see what he had to say, I, I think it was two nights ago on Tennis Channel, I mean, said it perfectly. What did you make of this? Yeah, he Paul? sure did. Jim was spot on as usual. He just talked about that the impending peril that puts on all these Russian te- they have family there they have family uh, friends and beloved that live in uh, live in in Russia and they've got to be very careful about what they say I think this is really treacherous and dare I say I, I pray that it's not political posturing because we have tennis family members that are doing the best they can to just try to survive and have absolutely nothing to do with the political positions of their countries and not just this not just this situation as well. Yes, it's a, a difficult requirement in an individual sport. I mean, that's been really one of the questions we've talked about, you know, for some players, whether players from these countries should be competing or not. It was determined that they are allowed, but without playing with their flags or their country's names next to their name. And, and I think that is fair. I think this requiring them to what denounce I mean what does that even look like uh, this requirement for players that are putting potentially their families their friends uh, in peril I just don't I don't see how you know this could end well for anyone uh, who is feeling the need just to play tennis yeah absolutely uh, once again Wimbledon considering it it's not a yeah. done deal yet we'll continue to cover this story on tennis channel as it develops we have an American lineup for the Billie Jean King Cup, April 15th and 16th in Asheville, North Carolina. Channel, we, we've been there before. Great atmosphere. And look at this team. Danielle Collins, Jesse Pagula, Sloan Stevens, Shelby Rogers, and I believe making her debut, three-time Grand Slam champion, Desiree Kravchek. Uh, it's so fantastic. What an opportunity, you know, playing for the now BJK Cup for me was one of the some of the best memories I've had and, and some of the best moments playing for your team, playing for your country. And what a validation for Desiree Kravchek. She has been winning so much in doubles, mixed doubles to be a part of this team with so many other fantastic U.S. stars. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah. And we are going to have it for you right here on Tennis Channel. Uh, Paul is getting ready to make his way over inside the stadium down on the court, he will see this man, Andre Rublev, lacing him up, getting ready to go against Grigor Dimitrov. Top of the hour, just minutes away from a big day. Moments away from walkouts on Stadium One, but first, got to have our hot shot of the day. Came from the biggest match of the day, Nadal Kyrgios. Paul, take us through it. Just amazing shot making from both guys. But look at this one right here. The flick pick up from Rafa, and he almost makes that ball too little too late in that moment. I think that point had about four hot shots of the day right there, starting with the quasi-squatted overhead drop shot. But Say that again ten times. Squatted, I can't do that. Let's just leave it at that. Bunch of hot shots right there. That was a hot point. I think that was a hot point. I mean, every yeah. shot in it was amazing. It was. Yeah. It was a hot match. The no-look cross-court pass at the end, I thought that was too good. Be in. I thought it was going to be in. Guys, it's been real. <laughs> well, oh, he's got to go. He's got to take off uh, his earpiece and mic here because then he's got to get mic'd up with Netflix for his courtside <laughs> appearance. Uh, no, Paul's going to be the star of the show of the new Netflix. Okay, By the way, you gotta as you go, take so a look. You can see the shorts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, now we've got half a donut. Uh, Paul has the extra energy he needs for the match. You see the shorts. He's ready to go, and, and Paul's out. You know what? We still got matches to preview, Chanda. Our featured matches today. 
By the way, I can't recover after all of that. Just See, picking up I'm that donut, I got some right sugar here. on my fingers. It's delicious. I thought you were going to take a bite. I did, I did earlier, and Paul did not know that. So <laughs> that's what I was about to show him. He didn't even know. He just went straight into it. Here's our four matches today. Daytime session has the men's quarterfinals, the nighttime session, the women's semifinals. And that leads us to our Tennis Express head-to-head for the first of those women's semifinals. Simona Halep, Iga Sviantek. 9 Eastern here on Tennis Channel. We see 2-1 head-to-head for the Romanian, the former world number one, who leads in the overall category of who's done more in the sport of tennis. But who's done more for you lately, Chanda? I mean, it's going to be an incredible matchup, I think. And these two players, Halep and Sviantec, they have been playing fantastic tennis. And it kind of comes down to this. I remember Halep, when she made her breakthrough at Roland Garros, how she gave Halep probably one of the most memorable losses in how well Sviantec played. And so this one, you know, being a little bit slower, these conditions, I think we'll see some similar type of of tennis. But Sviantec, she's an even better player now, understands her game better. Um, I think she's going to look to be more aggressive as she's done all tournament long. But Halep has been impressive. She's been trying to play a little bit more inside the baseline. So this battle, who can kind of play more, most often controlling the middle of the court, inside the court, who can kind of take it to the other player? That's, I think, what it's going to come down to. Two of the players in the best form thus far this year. More than 30 combined wins between Halep and Sviantec. And then we've got Paula Bedosa and Maria Sakri. Two fighters who actually look up to one another, which is pretty cool to see. Uh, Bedosa hasn't lost here in the desert. She also hasn't lost to Sakari. So what can Maria do to change that dynamic? Yeah, I think it's going to definitely be more on the Sakari side of the court, whether she can have that level of consistency that has gotten her to this stage. We know she can compete. She is a big fighter out there, and Paula Badosa is as well. So that component of their games, I think they'll be pretty evenly matched. But the consistency, Badosa finds ways to kind of make that last shot at times. She's such a good mover and she can get a few more free points off the serve. So that allows her to relax a little bit more in her matches. We'll see what kind of comes uh, into play a little bit more in this matchup. All right, those matches are tonight under the lights here on Stadium One. But in the day session, it is about to get underway with Grigor Dimitrov and Andre Rublev. Two, two head-to-head, Chanda. Haven't played in about three years. Dimitrov made the semifinals last year. Rublev looking to do it. For the second time, who wins this match? You know, I think we know Rublev is going to come out with an aggressive mindset. He is a huge striker of the ball, looks to hit big off of both sides and really, you know, keep points short because that's to his advantage. I think Dimitrov is going to look to extend these rallies. I think he will be able to do that more often. Will Dimitrov have that aggressive mindset. I mean, he's not going to step in and hit winners every single shot, but he can play with more aggression. Neither one of these guys has dropped a set in their three matches at the tournament. Dimitrov, when Novak Djokovic had to pull out of this event, he got that top-seeded spot, and that really helped him progress through this event. And Andre Rublev, the world number seven, 17 wins this year. It'll be Brett Haber, Jim Courier on the call with Paul Anacone, courtside. Cannot wait for a full day of tennis. Chanda and I will be on the desk to interview the players after and give you any updates throughout the day. Thanks for watching TC Live and enjoy this Friday at Tennis Paradise.